who are you? Who, who, who are you? I ask that question on a very regular basis because like you every day, I work with different kinds of people. I experience different kinds of people. And have you ever asked after a conversation or an interaction with somebody, who was that person? Uh, Was that the real deal? Were they pretending to be somebody that they weren't? And then there's that really awkward question, which is why did they do that? So obviously why we did something is because of who we are. So things like cheating, lying, treating people badly, being negative, gossiping, criticizing, being nasty, some of the horrible characteristics that come up in humans. Uh, Who does that? What kind of person is it that does that? And if that comes into your life, how do you deal with it? And if you're a parent, a teacher, a boss, a leader, a coach, uh, and if like me, uh, you've, and I've, there's two parts to this. One is, how do you uh, stop people from being that kind of a person? Can you even consider stopping somebody? Can you train somebody to be a nice person? And then if somebody is horrible, nasty, criticizes, they do something terrible, they steal, they lie, they cheat... Uh, what do you do about that? How do you deal with it personally? How do you get them to think about whether or not what they did was the right or wrong thing? And based on, uh, apart from the fact that I'm a very old lady, I've been on the planet a long time, I've employed literally thousands of people. I've been involved with other people's businesses that have employed thousands of people. Uh, I've managed health clubs around the world. I am now the director and owner of an international college. So I'm constantly dealing with people Uh, there is an expectation that people will be nice, they'll be respectful, they'll do the right thing, but what if they don't? Uh, Another really interesting situation I'm often in is I'm often in schools with anywhere between five-year-olds to 18-year-olds, and teachers often share with me, my kids are naughty or my kids are disrespectful or my kids don't treat me respectfully, Uh, what do you do about that? Now, I've got to be very careful in that situation because I don't have any children. But because I've lived such a long time and because I've been involved with so many people, I haven't had a choice. I've had to learn how to deal with those situations. What do I do if I find out that somebody's been cheating or they've lied or they've stolen or they've been disrespectful? And, of course, if you all of those things are disrespectful. So if you wrap it all up with one word... What do you do if people are disrespectful? And can you train somebody not to be disrespectful? Some really big questions here. So from my personal experience and my communication toolbox, remember, I'm not pulling this out of my backside. I've been studying excellence all of my life. And because I've employed people all of my life, because I've been involved with people all of my life, I've had to study the skill of superb communication. I've had to study the excellence of communicating with people. So this, this is the ultimate question when it comes to other people. Can we change other people? I've got full control over me, my words, my thoughts, my actions. I can decide all of that for myself. But can I stop, change, make other people different? And according to the neuroscientist, psychologist, psychiatrist, the answer is no. Nobody's going to change unless they want to. Nobody's going to be a certain kind of person because I told them to or because you told them to. They're going to do that because they want to. So what if you're a parent or a teacher 
and you would like to instill certain characteristics into humans. You would like to train, teach, educate people to act a certain way. And I love being outside on days like this because there's bugs and birds and bees and it's just amazing. So welcome to the beautiful South Island of New Zealand. So here's from a very simple, uh, and I don't even like to call it a strategy, it's just common sense. But obviously, as we know, common sense is not very common. Uh, But this particular way of communicating could be very helpful, and it certainly has added massive value to my life and removed much frustration and much, and I would even go as far as anger. Because have you ever been angry when somebody's stolen from you, been disrespectful to you, lied to you, cheated on you? Have you ever felt angry? Have you been disappointed, sad, upset? And they're all negative emotions that I don't want to deal with. So I learnt the hard way how to deal with them effectively. But now I've got a really great toolbox, and this is the ultimate tool in my toolbox. People are going to do what they're going to do. So can we hold them accountable to what or who they have decided to be, which is why I always ask that question, who are you? So very simply, every time I'm involved with somebody in a relationship, now that might be in a school, in a short-term one hour, uh, and I'm working with somebody one-on-one, It might be uh, as a team player, I don't like to use the word staff, so in an initial interview with somebody. If I'm going into a relationship, if I'm going, it could be family, friends. I always ask this very, it's a personal question, but it's an important question and I like to, I'm just really interested in the answer, which is, who are you? If you were to pick five words to describe you as a person, and I always use five, you might use three or 23, it doesn't matter, but I always ask for five words. So what do you want your reputation to be? If somebody was talking about you behind your back, what would you want them to say about you? Five words you would like people to use to describe you as a person. And as I share, I do that with five-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 55-year-olds, and 85-year-olds. It doesn't matter. So who are you? And tell me who you are. Describe you as a person. So let's say it's a a five-year-old in the playground. Little Johnny, describe to me who you are And if your friend was talking about you behind your back, what would you like them to say about you? And I don't come up with the words, they do. In an initial interview, when somebody comes to to apply for a position, uh, often you don't have to ask that question because those words will be in their CV, in their resume. People often say, I'm loyal, I'm honest, I'm punctual, I'm professional, all the, the, the nice things that people put in their resume. But I always reiterate those. If they're in the resume or the CV, I always ask, is this who you are? You've described yourself in this way. Do you actually live your life like this? And if they don't have those words in their CV or their resume, I ask for them. Please give me five words to describe you as a person. What do you want your reputation to be? If somebody was talking about you behind your back, what would you want them to say about you? Five words. Now, the person's given me the words. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm getting excited. The person's given me the words. I haven't given them the words. And they've told me that that's who they are. That's not me trying to change them, force them to do something. That's them telling me. So now, if a situation ever arises that is contradicting those five words. So if somebody told me they were honest, but they stole. If somebody told me they were punctual, but they arrived late. If somebody told me they're professional, but they don't wear the uniform effectively, I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't say, what did you do that for? 
which is seems to be human nature. We get annoyed or angry when somebody disappoints us, they let us down, or it seems that they lied or cheated. I just ask, based on our initial conversation where you shared with me that you were this kind of person, these five words, where does this particular action fit into those five words? So whether somebody's five, so if little Johnny goes and pulls Sarah's hair in the playground and I could get angry about that and I could say, don't do that, it's bad. But is it possible that human nature, even if we know we've done the wrong thing, we've got an ego and we don't like being wrong. We've also got a self-esteem and a lot of people have got low self-esteem. So is it possible that a combination of low self-esteem and ego creates a, I don't want to be wrong, I will refuse to be wrong, I'm, I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong. But if I just ask very calmly, very quietly, little Johnny, you shared with me that you were kind, friendly, happy, positive, and you were a lovely little fellow, and you've just pulled Sarah's hair. Where does that fit into what you shared with me? And that's the tone of voice that I use. Unfortunately, I've been in too many situations employing people where I've had to ask that question based on your CV, based on the five words you shared with me when we first chatted and we first employed you or you first came onto the team, you shared with me that honesty, loyalty was important to you. You said that respect was one of your your best words to describe you as a person. And yet we've caught you stealing money. And unfortunately that's happened to us quite a few times. Where does that fit into being loyal, being honest, being respectful and not being a thief and in my situation what would you do you've shared with me that you are honest and you've been dishonest what should I do because one of the biggest challenges as an employer for example is once you've put somebody onto your team it's very difficult to get them off if you've put somebody into your life it's often very difficult to get them out and we always come up there's that ridiculous expression it's not me it's it's not you it's me I have to get out of this relationship because it's me. Well, ultimately, if somebody comes into your life and they've promised to be a certain way and then they're not that way, do we have a right to hold them accountable? Not to what we expected of them, but to hold them accountable to what they told us. Now, is it possible there are a lot of people that lie about who they are? And that's just a joke with employers because most employers now call a CV or a resume a piece of toilet paper. You just may as well throw it down the toilet because what's written on there is probably not true. Now, I'm sharing that insight with you. If you are an employee, uh, the reason that so many employers have shared that with me is because so many people put on their CV, their resume, stuff that is not true. They say, I'm honest, I'm professional, I'm punctual, I'm a great person. They turn out to be none of those things. And once you've employed somebody, it's very difficult to get them off your team, even though they've lied or they've cheated or they've stolen or they've done the wrong thing. So the beautiful part of this conversation is every conversation that I've had with somebody like that, I haven't had to talk to them about firing them. I haven't had to talk to them about a first or second warning. They have offered to resign because they made a promise to me and they let me down. Now, some people will say, can you give me a second chance? And that's a really interesting question because if somebody has told you that they're honest and you catch them stealing... If somebody's told you that they are honest and you catch them cheating, uh, do we need to find out why they did that and give them a second chance? Now, that's a very personal question. That's completely up to you. 
What I will offer as an interesting life experience, take note, is that psychologists and psychiatrists and neuroscientists all share with me that people don't change unless they really want to and not because you want them to and not because they might lose their job or not because they might not get any money anymore or because they'll get thrown off the team but do they actually want to change does somebody actually want to stop being dishonest stop stealing stop cheating and that's something that you and I will never know because even if we ask the question the person will probably say yes so that might be the opportunity for you to give them a second chance and again that's a very personal thing but the the purpose of Asking the question, who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? Because I always ask those two questions as well. And then holding the person accountable to that. So the third part of this is really interesting because the other, next thing I will always ask is if, you're, if, I, if I'm ever in a situation where that's not the case, so if you are ever dishonest or you ever tell me a lie or you ever cheat or you're late or you're unprofessional, what would you say to yourself? Not what should I say to you, but what would you say to yourself? Because having employed a lot of people, having lived in the, on the planet a very long time, uh, people tell me a lot of stuff, but they often don't live up to their, even their own expectations. So if that ever happens, what should I do? What will you do? And it's a really great way to begin a relationship, whether it's a personal intimate relationship or an employment relationship or you're bringing somebody onto a sporting team. There's a lot of talk uh, in all sorts of different sports about bad behaviour in sport. People fighting, uh, lying, uh, going out at night and getting into fights, uh, abusing their partner. There's a whole, and the, the media seems really excited about sharing all of those stories with us. But as a coach, could it be a really good idea at the start of the play season or the, the, when you begin the relationship with the player, with the athlete? Who are you? What do you stand for? What would you die for? Give me five words to describe you. And if you ever act in a way that isn't aligned with those five words, what will you do? What do you want me to do? Again, and I always use this expression, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. It's a great quote. Uh, But the strategy of that is you can't force somebody to change. Even if you're right and you've proved that they've made a mistake or you've proved that they're dishonest, you can't, you can't change them against their will. They have to want to change. So I can yell and scream, I can get angry, I can get annoyed. I'm sure we've all done that at some stage, whether it's with a child or an athlete or a team player or a partner. But ultimately, that person has to hold themselves accountable to themselves, not to me. So if a person feels disappointed in themselves, if they feel sad because they've disappointed themselves, if they are holding themselves accountable to a certain standard and they didn't reach the standard, is it more likely that they will make a change versus me yell and scream at them? And I'm asking that very personally because we live in a world now where it seems normal for people to get angry, frustrated, annoyed, to yell and scream. We see it if, unfortunately, you get bombarded with it on social media. And I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't like it. I don't like aggression. I don't like confrontation. Uh, I just want to live in a respectful world. How about you? So in my world, for the people that come into my world, whether it's a child, a teenager, a team player, a partner, my family, my friends, it's a simple question. Who are you? What do you stand for? What would you die for? Do you hold yourself accountable to those standards? And if you ever don't, what do you want me to do? What would you do? And it's a simple, beautiful pink box of communication tools that are genuine, if you care about the person, 
they're real and they and they work because you're not yelling and screaming. And have you ever noticed that if you get into a yelling, screaming confrontation with anybody, that that probably doesn't work? Two people walk away angry and nothing ever gets changed. You actually want to make a difference. If you want to give somebody a second chance, or you might not want to give somebody a second chance, but this gives you an opportunity for both. So if somebody cheats on you, lies to you, treats you badly, is disrespectful to you, there's a really important question to ask now. Whose challenge is that? So if you go into a relationship and you've built a a solid foundation of what's expected in that relationship and the person doesn't live up to that standard, well, obviously the challenge is with them. But if I go into a relationship and I don't have any expectation and I just let the person do whatever they're going to do, and I don't give them a standard that is expected. And that's one of the interesting things about employing people. A lot of people get really angry with people that come onto their team or into their business or they employ them, but they never gave them a set of rules or standards or or things to hold themselves accountable for in the first place. So you can't expect somebody to reach a standard that they don't even know what the standard is. That wouldn't be fair, would it? But if there is a standard and they've set the standard and they don't reach the standard, is it possible then that you have a beautiful reason to either discontinue the relationship or to be disappointed in the person, but it's a fair disappointment. And maybe that just the act of your disappointment, sometimes that that happens, I know that. So this is now a very personal question. If I allow people to treat me disrespectfully, so I don't give them what the standard is and I don't hold them accountable to it, is that their challenge or is it now my challenge? It's one of the questions that I always ask bosses that get angry with their team players. Whose challenge is it now? This is an even more more personal question. If you go into a personal relationship and there's an expectation, because you both talk about it, that cheating is not something that you want in your life, and that person cheats on you, uh, if and you might give them a second chance, but if you give them a third chance, is it possible now that it's not their challenge? They're obviously a cheater. That's who they are, and they're allowed to be that person. The question is, will you allow them to come into your life? Will you allow them to upset you? Will you allow them? We often say, that person made me angry or that person cheated on me. Or do we need to have an internal look and say, did I make that behaviour acceptable? And I know these are really personal things and and tough and confrontational. But like you, I, I'm sure this happens to you most days, people complain about their relationships, whether it's their personal relationships, their professional relationships their relationship with their children, with their athletes, etc. And ultimately, I can't change somebody. How about you? (laughs) I would love them to want to change for themselves, but do I need to give them the opportunity to do that because I've asked them the right questions rather than yelled and screamed at them and told them what to do? Last but not least, who are you is the question that I started with. And if you've made a promise to somebody... And I'm, this is very personal for me because I'm the director and owner of an international fitness business college. And we have a very strict acceptance process. Uh, and the, the reason for that is it's, the program is about personal coaching. It's you and I getting together on a regular basis for you to share with me what your goals are and me to make sure that you achieve them. Uh, the what is up to you, but the how is definitely something that I can help all of my students with. It's what I'm here to help you with. It's what I do every day. But interestingly, there are a lot of people who say, this is me, I want to be the best exercise professional. I want to help people to be healthy, fit and strong. I want to open my own business. I want to uh, be an influencer that makes a change in the world. These are some of the things that I hear every day. 
And I don't tell people what to do and I don't tell people to have their own business and I don't tell people to be kind and I don't tell people to want to be the best at what they do. That's what they tell me. But then there's an expectation that if you want to be a professional exercise personal coach, uh, that you would learn your anatomy and physiology, for example. So then I'm often confronted with people who cheat or lie or I could say steal because if you call yourself a top-level exercise professional but you haven't learnt your anatomy and physiology, so you give people exercises that could hurt them or waste their time or worse, a combination of both, you'd be stealing their time, you'd be unprofessional, you'd be a cheat and you'd be disrespectful. They're horrible words. I hate using them. But I'm asking very personally, not for me, because I deal with it every day and it's just one of those things. I just go, oh, well, now that person's revealed themselves. They've cut and pasted something from Google. They've called it their own. That's called stealing. You're not allowed to do that. But they've just now shown me that they're a thief. Or they've told me that they've, they've watched the program and they've learnt their anatomy. But if I ask them a question, uh, they obviously haven't. Or when it gets to their final uh, missions to, com- to become a personal exercise coach, they obviously haven't done the things that they said, which of course is lying. But I deal with that every day because to me that's just, well, now I know what kind of person they are. They're a thief or they're a liar or they're a cheat. And I just deal with that. But I wouldn't like to have that reputation. How about you? I wouldn't like somebody to think, wow, she cheated. She's a liar. She's a thief. She told me this, but she did that. She said that she was going to do this, but she didn't. I don't want that reputation. So there's the really personal question. Who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? What would you die for? And what are your non-negotiable standards? That's a really important thing. It's easy to say, I'm going to do this. But would you die for that? Would you negotiate that for any reason? So a lot of people share with me, and again, this is very personal, but people share with me that they're going to be a top-level exercise professional. They're going to give people safe exercises and they're going to have professional standards. Then they get offered a job in a facility that doesn't have those high standards. So they don't have to do safe exercise programs. They don't have to be professional. They don't have to be on time. They don't have to wear a uniform. But they go and work there because they're going to get paid to work there. So they're negotiating their supposedly non-negotiable standards for the money. And again, that's a reputation that I would never want to have, which is she told us that she had these standards, that bloody Rowie, but she's negotiated those standards because of the money. And I would like to be able to stand solid, and I, and I do, I stand here solid, and I live in a, in a life with a gorgeous husband that's the same. K-Man and I, are, we have non-negotiable standards, And it could be a billion dollars and it could be death. And we would still say, no, I'm not going to negotiate those standards. And this is not a, it sounds, we we joke about it, but it's not funny. At our house, if somebody offered, because K-Man's got a master's degree in exercise science. If somebody offered him a billion dollars to promote a product or an exercise program that, that wasn't based on the exact science of anatomy and physiology, he wouldn't do it. Not for any amount of money, not for billion with a B. So the next step, because I always take things the second step, the next step was, well, what if somebody threatened your life, came in, you need to promote this exercise or we're going to kill you? And he always says, I would die, I would die rather than promote something that was dodgy. And it's, it's beautiful to live with somebody like that because you know who they are and what they stand for. So I took it a step further and said, well, what if somebody held a gun to my head and said, if you don't promote this dodgy exercise program, we're going to kill Rowie. Now, that's a very extreme example, and I don't like to argue from the extreme. 
But I'm doing that for a reason because I know my husband and this is the exact answer, paraphrasing, but this is the answer. Uh, shoot me and shoot her, shoot both of us or shoot her and I, I stay alive. But if, if she's alive and I negotiated my standards, she wouldn't want to be married to me anyway. So there's my question. Who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? What would you die for? And if you have told people your life, yourself most importantly, that you're honest, that you're loyal, that you are respectful, how would we feel if we negotiated those standards? And that's my big question because is it possible that there's a lot of unhappy, miserable, depressed people in the world because they're negotiating their standards for the money, for the fame, for the social media presence, for whatever it is? I don't want to be a person who negotiates my standards. How about you? Who are you? And if you live the person that you are every day, and that's that exercise that I always take people through, pick those five words, describe yourself as a person, then be that person. I did that when I was 18 years of age. Tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional. And as I always share, I never need to make a decision anymore about what to wear, where to go, what to spend money on, what to do. I just ask, would a tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional person do this, go there, buy that? And if the answer's no, I just don't do it because that's my set of standards. So what's your compass? What's your roadmap? What's your reason for doing things? And whoever you've decided to be, could it be really easy to be happy if you be that person? That if you ever sing, who are you, who, who, you can say, I'm tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional, or whatever your five words are, so you can sing every day. Super-duper-doo, how are you? I'm happy, healthy, fit and strong, and I love my life. Woohoo!